You know, all that is is like sperm and an egg, you know what I'm saying? Like I come from Alberta, Canada. Um, I'm here calling <laughs> some regards for my son, Aaron. If they could do this, I could do this. I love you so much. This is Late Night's Podcast with Taylor Best and Aaron Hay. It was so bad that the next three days. It, uh, what? What? Just like, Damn. Yeah, I've terrible. been there. The day, yeah, like two terrible. days of ringing. Yeah, it was Well, it anyways, was here we are. Bad. We already started conversation just because... It's good to do. see you. Yeah. yeah, honestly, we don't get to see each other as much. We so. don't get to hang out at all anymore. But yeah. tonight we have episode 21 on Late Night Ooh, Productions That's a podcast. good episode to have. Uh, it's a good episode. It just feels, you know, apropos. Yeah. Alcohol being so that's Aaron a big Hale. part of your profession. I'm Taylor oh, yeah, you be 21 to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I told him, I was like, you know, I'm going to really do a good job on the intro. And then Aaron just fucked it all up. <laughs> just fucked it. Here, I'll go ahead and keep doing it. Rainier, sponsor us. Sponsor us, Rainier. No, we have a really special guest on tonight. Revolution by the Barrels. Cocktail extraordinaire. Best friend. Known this guy for a while. Nigel Lindsay. Hey. Hey. Mm. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. How was your day? You know, my day's been pretty chill. Uh, went to 9 to 5. Did a little bit of reading. Uh, been up since like 6 a.m. So... Not complaining. Normal day. What normal. are you reading right now? Um, right now it's uh, called Native Son. Um, and I'm going to fuck up the author's name. And that's not cool at all. So I'll tell you the other book that I'm reading because I'm reading two <laughs> books at once because <laughs> I don't Why like not? to pay attention. Um, this book called uh, Black Privilege by Charlemagne the God, who's a radio personality for in New York. Yeah. Um, and it's about like his life story. And then he has all these little uh, mantras. In there, and you could take some from it, or you don't. You could just either like his story or just listen to it. Uh, and one that I'm on today is called "Put the Weed in the Bag." You guys ever heard that term uh, from Belly? Mm-mm. DMX. There's a, so there's a scene. Uh, DMX is talking drugs with uh, Nas, and there's these two young cats that are chilling, and they're like, "Oh, we're trying to sell. We're trying to sell. Yay! Like you know, like we're just trying to do this." Um, and DMX looks at them. Tells them shut the fuck up and just put the weed in the bag, because they're still so young. Like you know, like the whole idea is, and maybe DMX didn't mean this, but I think he did. Um, which was focus on what you're doing right now, and then you can get up there. Or he could have just been like, "This is a grown man's conversation. Shut the fuck up. Don't talk to us." Yeah. That's what he could have meant in the movie. But put the weed in the bag. It's been my mantra for today. So, you know, just work on the small things now, and then everything else mm-hmm. will come into fruition later. But yeah. Well, that's kind of how I've seen you too the past few years. Just the progress. It's the not stopping, you know, keep moving forward. Oh, yeah. You know, you wake up at 6. Remember you are telling me a while ago, you're like, yeah, I'm just waking up 5 a.m., going to the gym, then going to work, then coming home, take care of the kids, and then work, and then do it again. And, you know, like, yeah. that's, it's a hard schedule. You know, it's a hard balance to control. Yeah, this day, I woke up actually at 5, but I put a snooze alarm and went back to sleep until six. So I just didn't want to lie and say I woke up at five. But no, I'm still trying to do that. Um, it's It gets difficult, but um, over time, I find it a little bit easier. I try to do four. I'm not ready. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready for four. I'm not ready for five. I've been trying. It's a struggle. Once four you start doing it, oh, look, well, 
I force myself out of bed and I'll drink water and then I'll have pre-workout because I'll go to the gym. And uh, once I have that pre-workout, yeah, that pre-workout is like, I don't know how much fucking caffeine it is, but I feel like my heart's going to explode every time (laughs) I take it. And I'm just like, well, I got to leave the house at this point. Like I can't sit around and just, you know. Sit on this energy. Yeah, yeah, I got to go do something. I got to go at least go run for at least an hour or something like that. If I could run for an hour. But yeah. Maybe. So yeah, it's been a pretty busy summer for you in general, huh? Yeah. um, Revolution by the Barrel has been picking up. uh, Just recently did an event. Um, out in Seattle at Metropol- Metropolis. I keep trying to call it Metropolitis. It's called Metropolis out in Soto. Um, it's an event venue. Um, it's actually very beautiful, um, but very uh, minimalistic at the same time. And it's just like they just gutted this warehouse and uh, they just put up all these nice lights and all this wood down. And it's it's very beautiful inside. But uh, I did this, I did an event for like a private client and she had like this showing um, and those for Girl Trek, which is this African American women led group mm. that focus on health within African American women. Um, and they just give them, they're just walking, it's a nonprofit, but made some drinks for them, beer and wine. And since it was a big health thing, they didn't drink that much, but I was still there and it was my last event. But other than that, I've been doing weddings and trying to stay busy. Yeah. yeah. You've been doing like the side stuff and then you've been doing all the, Shows too, which has been yeah, that's been, been fun really to see. fun. Yeah, the shows that's the best part, honestly, because I love music so much. Um, and every time I go out to a venue, you're never gonna find a good drink. Like you can drink your whiskey straight, right. or you can have like you know, like some uh, Jack and Cokes or whatever. But you can never find like a good, nice craft cocktail. So now doing the shows with craft cocktails. Even and people I'm love working, them too. Yeah, exactly. Like, and they're paying people, the same price. Yeah, you know? they enjoy getting the... You pretty much... Everyone was get, at the narrative show. Everyone was loving the drinks. Yeah, I felt that, so much love at the narrative show. Like, yeah. it was amazing. Just random people I've never met before. It's one thing, you know, like when you see your friends and it's repetition, like I appreciate it. But like when people I've never met are just like, who are you? Like, what is this? Oh my gosh, look at that garnish. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it makes me feel like I'm doing my job correctly, you know, yeah, like, and everything absolutely. that I wanted to do with this business is, you know, working because um, they're just like happy and they're not too shit faced, but occasionally, but you know, like it's, they're still happy. So it's cool. So is this more of a, so like you've bartended for a long time. Yeah. Right. Now that I'm sure that sparked the interest idea, but is this more of like, a passion or was it more of an original idea of make make money because I know I can do it you know um when it started off I was working at the anchor um so this is like you know three four years three four years ago three three yeah four years ago into my bartending and I was I was making decent money but I thought to myself like I could always make more and then I started, uh, at the same time, I was really big into watching documentaries because I had time on my hands. Now that I have kids, I don't. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was watching this documentary, and it was just talking about the craft itself and alcohol. And I've always liked it. Um, and I always hated knowing all these big drinks. Like, um, I guess this isn't a big drink, but like Sex on the Beaches or your like... Um, those, uh, what is that iced tea drink called? Like um, the Long Island iced Yeah, the Long Island yeah. iced teas. I just hated them because I was just like, this is annoying. Like, I don't feel like making this. And I would always get like mad sticky because of all the soda and everything like that. Syrups so, and shit. So, yeah. So, I was just like, I could 
I could do better and I could do with less, you know, and still make the same money. So originally to answer your question, it started off with making money, but it became a passion because I started watching documentaries, learning more about alcohol. I started to have a lot more fun when I was doing it with natural ingredients. Mm. Um, plus I felt like I was pretty healthy at the same time. So I didn't want to like gorge my body with all these heavy syrups and concentrates and stuff like that. So I was just like, yeah, fuck this. We're just going to make our own simple syrups. We're going to have um, some fun and just do this. And then I, it became a passion after my second event. I think when you yeah. started, I guess I started really noticing it when you started making syrups. And you're like, check this out. Well, look what I made. Oh, like, yeah. Nigel we used to sit get, at the bar. Yeah. Nigel was- would get super excited and be like, check this out. Drink this. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, that's good. I guess. I remember the <laughs> prototypes. I was actually I was talking about that uh just like yesterday, talking about like the different prototype drinks that we used to have back at Sam's place when you were living with her. Oh yeah. And just like I was going, Wow, it's like we've known each other for a while now. And it's kinda weird to think about the fact that this has been uh it's been a three year process at least, like with Steam, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's it's taken some time. I remember that. I remember making um you that uh margarita that had uh jalapeno, serrano pepper, and mango. That was intense. Yeah, that was very very spicy. It was very intense. Yeah, I did, I did not like it. <laughs> I that's that. fair. That's fair. I, I actually like just got rid of the last bit of it. Really? Like probably two months ago, because it's just sat there on a shelf. Just like I just look at it. I'm just like fuck. Like I don't think I can drink this right now. It's and I'm yeah. sure it just got more and more intense over time. Yeah, because I left the jalapeno serrano pepper in there and I was just oh making sure. Goodness. I was waiting for it to go bad, honestly. I was like, oh, maybe this was mold over and I could just throw it away. But at one point it wasn't. And um, I, I think I drank it when my sister was over because I made my sister take a shot of it. Because I, I'm just, I don't know why, but yeah. You know why. Yeah, my sister sometimes annoys me. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> for all those years. Give her the jalapeno, the jalapeno liqueur. Yeah, that shit was gnarly. I was thinking tonight, like, um, on my way home from work, too, like, about some of the, it's like how different friendships, like, mean different things, like, just how you'd have these different wild experiences with people in, like, our small little community. And I was just really looking forward to doing this with you tonight, just because it's like, yeah, we're recording it and we're going to do something with it. But it's also, we almost, we only ever really get like short moments together and it's always feels like, whoa, okay, right on. It's good. Like, I'm glad we had that little connection because now I can go a little longer without necessarily having to have it. But it's always been, I've always really valued your presence in our community. I, I find it funny that you're the, the cocktail maker. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it is. You literally are the, like the bringer of riotous, joyous times amongst you know, <laughs> all the friends. Thank it's you, like, thank you. You know, it's like the, the garden series, the first one that you did the drinks at. Oh, yeah. That was kind of, that was really fun for me to like see just people walking around with these really cool like drinks and little, you know, decorative glasses compared to the normal beer can. Yeah. And it's like, we really are having a garden party right now. This is pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that garden party was really fun. And then also, yeah, when I, um, I got the message to do this when Taylor hit me up, I was like, yes, like mm. I'm down because... One, I just felt like, you know, like, I, like you said, like, it's all in short passing or just like, even because I think before this, the last time I saw you guys was out in Seattle. Yeah. Um, the show you yeah. Were, and it was, you I was did. running around. So like, I just didn't get an opportunity really to talk too much. I gave my hugs mm-hmm, and everything, yeah. and my thank yous. But I really appreciate both you guys and a lot of other people that we don't see in it. And it's unfortunate because before I feel like I had so much that I can give. And now that we have these like 
short spurts, it it bugs me because I feel like I'm just so like ghost, so distant. But it's Even not though, either, you know, because yeah. it's when you I was the other day, I was like really heavily just thinking of the idea of just like memories, you know, and it's very nostalgic to think, you know, you can easily say like, oh, I've known you for four years. You know, I have. Yeah. But when you really think about it, how nostalgic it is, it blows my mind because to see the progression to where when you had an idea of Revolution by the Barrel and then we had some sort of outlet where we could be like, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to make drinks with us yeah. at this party? And then it, then to be able to both help each other, but also to like meet each other and to be nothing really in life or really even trying to go for anything and then going for yeah, something. It's first, fun to see. Yeah, exactly. Because when we first met, Taylor was drinking Jameson only <laughs> and, and PBR uh, train beers. And yeah. he would just come in and be like, I just, I just want the usual. And I'll be like, all right. And he would sit at the end of the bar, even though I have a long line, and just be like, I just want the usual. And it's cool. Like, I was just like, all right, cool. Taylor's a homie. We'll do that. And then also, I had no hair at the time. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah, my hair was I had- saw, I watched a video a while ago of us when we had, when the bar- family barbecues or neighbor barbecues yeah. moved to my house, the apartment. Mm-hmm. And I, the bit, it was just me and you, and your hair was gone. Yeah. It was just bald. Yeah. It was shaved, Nigel. It was, so we used to have family barbecues. Like, or, yeah. That's yeah. Family yeah barbecues. That, oh, my gosh. And then, then you guys started playing music at them. And then... I think, that's what, I think that's what ruined it. That's what yeah. we stopped having. Aaron ruined it. <laughs> ruined it just like everything. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> no, those were good times. That's yeah, crazy to think. Another... There's a memory. Like, you know, three years ago. Just chilling in the back. Just eating flank steak and whatever <sighs> uh, Brian Robot. Brian yeah. Rowe. Brian Rowe always came great. Something yeah, delicious. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are great experiences because they progressively, you know, it was just a small niche that lived there. Yeah. And then it just progressively got bigger and more friends started coming. And then, it w- I mean, there wasn't a crazy amount of people that ever came, but it was it was just different humans every time meeting each other. And, be, you know, a lot of us who were at those places are fucking still friends. Yeah. No, yeah. I and that's mean, what... Ah, I'll cut you off. No, no, I apologize. I was going to say, like, that's what's cool is even though I only see you in passing, sometimes we don't get to talk. It's the same feeling of being in a room with someone that you're comfortable with and not feeling the need to speak. And you're okay with it. Like, that's the same. Like, I get to see you. I don't, I'm not just busy. Oh, he didn't pick up my phone call. He didn't want to hang out. No, fuck that. Motherfucker's busy. He's doing life, and that's like what we're all doing is we're all just living. And I think we yeah. both like, well, for me, I mean, having watched you go from being, you know, just on your own and not having any type of responsibility to having two daughters and having a family that you are like taking care of, it's like, yeah, that's. I mean, it's, that's why these moments. Duh, McFly. Yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> that's why these moments are good because it's like, okay, cool, we get to hang out and have a moment together again. But like, it's it's also very respectful. It's fun. Like, it's fun to think about the weird like rainbow of characters that we all are because I think as far as like my friend group, you're one of the only friends that I have that has kids. Oh yeah. might be. Am yeah. I the, oh, well, really? Like yeah. for me, like I have like, I have much older like friends from way back that have kids, but they're way older than any of us. And it's like, so I yeah, I got them young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was playing fast and loose. Hey, but I, you know, it, Got a good one. You got a good family. Oh yeah. No, I'm happy with my family. Honestly, 
I don't think my business, who I am as a man today, would be anywhere without them. Um, I mean, well, I granted, think it pushed I would, you harder. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you had to deal with a lot yeah. at the beginning. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? We don't need to get into that, obviously. But no. I'm just saying, you dealt with a lot, and I mean, it was either stop or keep going. Exactly. You couldn't stop. You no. know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. We. Yeah. The, the beginning was definitely a, a lot tougher than I wanted to see, but yeah, they they've definitely pushed me, amplified it because. Prior to Revolution by the Barrel was like mobile mixology, I think was my. That yeah, was your, yeah, yeah you it, was were mobile, thinking, it was an idea, right? Yeah, like yeah it was mobile mixology. Started. I had some cards just to get my name out there and just be like, look, I bartend and I'm freelance. Like, mm. look at me. And then it's like, you know, the teenage, teenage boy was like, you know, like, hey, I'm trying out for the team. And then the team, when I got onto the team, it was no longer. Well, mixology was just like Revolution by the Barrel. That was a horrible reference, by the way. I don't think anybody <laughs> changes their name when they join a team. Um, Did but, you feel like there was a a break when all this, you know, when Bell was coming? Like, or did it push you more to like, all right, now I need to make this something? No, I, I think it to I be. started working a lot harder during the coming months um, of Bell's birth. I was working two jobs at the time. Um, before that, I was only just working at the bar. I was slowly just trying to get my way out of the bar. Um, yeah, and remember some mess- that. Yeah. Um, and eventually I did. Like I think uh, Bella was around like six months though when I was out of the bar completely. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like five. But regardless, yeah, I was like – I was getting out of that because – yeah, but it definitely pushed me a lot more just because I was just like I can't stay here until 3, 4 a.m., right. you know, and mm-hmm. then expect to be home. Like I'm going to miss out on a lot plus – I'd be damned if I'm waking up a baby at four in the morning when I'm trying to go to sleep after dealing with drunk people all day. Right. Like that's not going to be ideal. So, um, yeah, no, she definitely just that movement alone just yeah pushed me to work a lot harder. And then when Zoe, when I found out about Zoe, that was just like triple the time. I was just like, okay, maybe I need three jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I need three jobs and to find a trust fund to fall back on. You know, <laughs> well, it's great because I feel like. A lot of birth is either a spark or it's not for a lot of people. You know, it's a real, it's either a real burden, even though they don't tell themselves that, or it just sparks the continuance of you as a person, you know, the yeah. progress and you raising two kids. You know, me and you have had tons of talks just about like, well, pop culture or just culture and just like what kids have to grow up now. And even what we had to grow up and our parents before us, but it's just, Raising a child is not easy, and especially like if you want to teach them a lot of the things that you've been taught. Yeah, that's fucking hard. And then also like, uh, even though I have a little sister, I wasn't. We weren't raised together, like, uh, but a different mom. So I didn't really have that experience of somebody younger than me around me. Um, <laughs> granted, having a kid and having a sister is probably complete, two different, completely different things. But uh, I just didn't know how, like, what I needed to do. I knew what kind of father I wanted to be, but like. For a little girl, that was just the most scary thing mm-hmm. because I, I just feel like I have so much pressure on me, like from day one and still till now, you know, just about like, I'm, if I'm going to be the first man that they love, you know, like I got to be somebody really freaking great because I don't want any other dudes in my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want them liking anybody else. Um, so, you want them to be smart. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want them to date until I'm dead, honestly. <laughs> If we're going to be completely Nigel's honest. that dad. <laughs> Just sits there with a shotgun on the porch. Yeah. 
yeah, that's the type. Of dad. You are getting a little bit bigger too, so you can just sit there. And just yeah, that was on purpose. I started. Bigger, going, yeah, bigger. yeah, I've been working yeah, out yeah, a little bit harder. Yeah, just still <laughs> a little yeah, young. Protect his baby. <laughs> you I got, I got, yeah, I got ten years of working yeah. out to be look like Terry Crews by the time they're ready for uh, prom. So there you go. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe they won't have prom anymore by then. Yeah, probably they won't. They'll probably just go straight into work or college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Factories. Yes, exactly. There's no yeah. schools anymore. You either will be a doctor or a machinist. There won't be any public <laughs> schools anymore. You have to pay for them, so oh, no yeah. one will go to school. Yeah, probably what happens. That's kind oh, of yeah. a, it's kind of a weird time. Yeah, weird time to be. What a time. Yeah, it's be uh, alive. I find myself now actually like when you know how we just voted recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself looking at that a lot more because I was like. Don't raise my taxes, and now there's trade schools in Everett uh, District. Like I'm going to live here, you know. This is where my, I'm going to raise my family. Uh, the times are getting so weird because now I'm starting to think about like what schools are the girls going to go to. Granted, they're not even three yet. True, but, but that's I mean, stuff that you have to think about. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. It's just the amount of responsibility you have as a parent. You now apply is... to uh, elementary school, certain elementary schools. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. mean? Like, there's, you know how you have, like, college applications? Yeah, yeah, There's elementary schools you have to apply to. That like, are publicly funded. Yeah. Because oh. they just have a higher level of education in them. Yeah. And they literally have higher budgets than No schools. longer teaching uh, cursive. Now it's um, no one-year one year foreign language uh, before you're in middle school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not have that. Yeah. Um, there's a weird, yeah, there's a weird sound. Yeah, what's that noise? I don't know. Um, hold on. One minute. Bad cable. Yeah. A lot of bad cables in this house. I don't even have cable in no, my I don't house. Mean that, so. I don't mean that towards you. I'm just oh, it's like, true. I mean, there's people. Yeah, there's a lot of. A microphone got dragged through the mud. Really? Multiple. Yeah. How did that happen? Burned the stage. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody got a little rowdy with the uh, stage tearing apart. Not him. Somebody else. And I know. <laughs> I think I know exactly who pulled the microphone through the mud. But yeah, I'm pretty. It's I'm okay. very cautious of gear. And I and you are a very good roadie. You're a good roadie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit. About that. I've always wanted to be in a rock band. Mm. Yeah. What would you play? I, w- I wouldn't play anything. Um, I just, just wanted to be. a hype man? I, yeah. I wanted to be a hype. Like, you just sing? If there was a hype man in the rock. Actually, like, you think you could sing it? I, I don't know. But there I just, is. I there feel really like I could is. do this thing where like I'm not really singing, but I'm just saying very few words in a very like uh, whispery Dramatic voice. way. Yeah. Just like. When I saw the growlers. A few years ago, probably, wow, that's crazy. Four years ago now, five years. Uh, Solar Growlers. And after the first band opened up, the Growlers had their friend open up for them. So it was like the third, it was the middle band. Yeah. And comes out, it's like a Costco black fucking knockoff Fender Stratocaster and black and white. And he comes out. Drag queen, very short person, very uh-huh. short, very short. Uh, and then just like a regular, I don't remember, but just a, some sort of dress. And I had a bunch of makeup on, obviously. And starts playing this guitar and then just starts talking to the crowd and really being extreme on purpose, right? And just yeah. creating a great, exciting environment for everyone. And then just starts going wild. And then the growlers come out of nowhere. And it was like that was that was their hype man. Nice. That was like So they what, just came onto stage while he was still going? Yeah, and then he gets off and then the growlers started playing. Oh wow. 
see, that's something that I would do, except for I can't play the guitar. So, or I would want to just be like, you know, like just one song I come on and then I'm just, I just, I don't know. I just, you just spit hang something. out for yeah. the rest of the time. Yeah. And I just, I just say something, get amped because I don't get me wrong. I love rap. I love hip hop and soul. Like that's, that's everything that has made me who I am today. But there's just something about rock music that is just fucking amazing. I know you're wearing a black tone shirt. Right yeah, now. I am. Yeah. Shout out to Shout the black tone. Yeah, yeah. Shameless plug. Yeah. Eva Walker's killing. She just got. So what was? Has, I didn't read everything. She was on. Got onto KXP. Yeah, I think like she has a radio. Her own, yeah, she show? has her. Um, no, I think she has a podcast as well. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I think she has a podcast as well. Also, shout out to Cedric Walker. Yep, so yeah, Big bro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, the black tones when Wild. we first saw it's them. So when they, wild Al, Adam booked them to the Everett show. Yeah. Had never heard of them. Holy shit. Holy and then shit. to progressively see them perform it's been amazing oh yeah and with their trajectory is right now like everything that they're doing just on their page it just seems amazing and then yeah with the thing with eva uh, i mean i'm really excited for them mm -hmm. and as they continue to grow i'm only going to be more and more excited yeah, yeah it's a pretty beautiful thing especially for you oh yeah you know knowing eva for a really long time you know see, just seeing a friend just like each other how we've talked about you know seeing people progress it's I could exciting. I could remember times like going to their house when I should be at home doing homework and we're just talking about wrestling or <laughs> riding on the bus back together, like, you know, like just talking and everything. And I'm hanging out with them because they're older than me. And we're, I'm like in middle school. I think I was like seventh grade, sixth grade at the time and uh, trying to hang out with them to seem cool. And Cedric let me in his crew because he was like a big basketball star. And I, I was like five, three at the time. So I couldn't even <laughs> I couldn't even touch the goddamn net. And uh, I was just feeling like the coolest person in the world. And then also to see them on stage now is just like amazing. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, this is really good. It's a really good feeling. It just means like, and then also seeing somebody from the same like area that you're from, like same hood that you're in actually make it out and do what they want and not and defying like stereotypes or defying just stigmas. Is well, also they wear it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Too, like they, they have music, but they have an agenda and there's a message, yeah, you know, and they they don't dissociate from it or try to hide no. it. You no. know what I mean? They, no, they, they represent their cause. It, and yeah. they do represent who they are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just when you were here when Eva played, right? Uh, I wasn't here. I wasn't at oh. this. I was at the Everett show, but I didn't get a chance oh, to damn. make it here. But she yeah. would have saw her play. But she played a really serious song that meant a lot to her. But before, you know, she gave a message, you know, just explaining how she, her perspective, which is the right perspective. Yeah. And just was, you know, rock and roll. We're a rock band and we're all black. And we just want you to know, like, where rock and roll came from. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just like, she didn't give a fuck who was in there around anyone. You know, she had the message and you, she's going to proclaim what she you feels. You can watch that one. Yeah, you can watch it. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, she was inspiring that night. And them as a band are really inspiring. Yeah. I butchered what she said, but but the message you got out. You can out. go watch it on latenightsproduction.com in the video section and watch Eva Walker. Plug. Late nights. Shameless. Plug. There's it's no. also pretty amazing, though. And Eva's just really amazing. You should just watch yeah, the video. There's a lot of really good performances in there, but that's one of the top ones. It's really great. Brent has filmed so many... Amazing, things. awesome late yeah. nights, last calls, and it's Brent just so great eye. to like look back on them. You can watch one 
And then they just keep playing. And you're like, oh my God, all my friends are so You get in a total rabbit hole. Talented. It's very very strange to like be in your own rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was looking at, actually, I'm going to rephrase this. I was showing someone the video that uh, we did at Narrative a while back. And uh, Brent has a damn good eye because I saw like, there was like a, Point where I was expressing oils off of like a lemon. Yeah, and, and you it, got it, those sprays. Yeah, and he got every single one of them, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Damn, damn, that's a beautiful fucking eye." Yeah, and I said it out loud. I was, I was showing this person the video, and they probably thought I was arrogant as shit. But I was just like, "I'm just look at I had that. To say it. Just look at that. That is yeah. beautiful." And they're just like, maybe thinking, "Oh, maybe it's just a drink," but it's it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like no, I just that. That yeah. shot was the best because it was unexpected. Yeah, I didn't. They really great, captured it. That was a great shoot in general. Fucking yeah. 4K, man. It went so well. That was a really good shoot that went really well with a lot of humans involved and yeah. it worked out. That was fun. That was great. And people got to drink, which is always a positive too. And, and they got all, to try. We've all got new to work drinks. together like yeah. since then. So. And it was yeah. good practice. I feel like you were like, yeah, it's just like practice. Like I just get to set up. Oh yeah, and then just like make a random because that's what I wanted to ask you too, but you for that you know you just made something that you thought of. When people hire you, would you do you do custom? Yeah, you know? my thing is um, I I like to make plays off of um, different drinks. Um, for instance, I like for uh, the girl track thing we did the garden tonic, um, which is a real drink, mm-hmm. um, but that real drink um, has some different ingredients in it. And for this one, I used colors that I like to see on black women. So not that I dictate what black women should wear, but like like colors that look really great on them are like their yellows and bright colors and like lavenders and everything. It is really accentuate black women, at least that's what I think and from what I see. And so we used lavender and we used um, oven dried because I don't have a um, conventional uh, dehydrator. Mm. So we, I do everything in the oven at home, but we used grapefruit there and we did lemons there and everything like that. But uh, yeah, custom made drinks every time because, or at least plays off of good drinks. Um, the show that we did for Taylor Xavier mm-hmm. um, for Whiskey Knits, mm-hmm. we did uh, smoked cocktails and I did a smoked sage bee's knees, which bee's knees is a classic, but we added the sage. and Bee's every, knees is the whiskey, right? No, no, bee's knees is uh, gin, honey syrup, and uh, a little bit of lemon juice. Yeah, hmm. and we did that with a, a sage garnish, but we also smoked that sage too because wow. it just, it, it, yeah, custom drinks are just the way you're describing it right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, custom drinks are ideal. I mean, if somebody, if a customer is just like, "Hey, this is the drink that I want," then we'll move forward with it. But I try to base it based off the season, what they're doing, and who the person is, mm-hmm. or like what the event is. It now makes it's it a like lot easier. Itch too, like you've done it enough now, where oh yeah, oh I don't want to do something the same. No. I want something different. Yeah. You know, I want to. I want to try something new. You don't want that's because a lot of people do that. They capitalize on one thing or a small handful of things, and then just keep doing that, and that's great. It works for a lot of people. Or there's people who just like continuously just want something fresh. No, something I would like new. to have a book of my own one day. Like, yeah, I go great. through a Mister like Boston's a little, book. almost like a coffee table book. Yes. Oh, so there's this book called Mister Boston's or a kitchen table book. Yes. Um, or a. A kitchen table book home with a whole bunch bar. of pictures of kitchen tables. That, that, Have right, you not no, seen Seinfeld? Seinfeld? Okay. No, oh yeah, we've <laughs> seen Seinfeld. We both just interrupted you back to back. 
<laughs> no, I want to like have my own uh, Mr. Boston's book, uh, which is like a cocktail book. Uh, it's a very famous cocktail book, and it has mm-hmm. like probably over a thousand cocktails in there. And Holy shit. by uh, one person. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'll get to one thousand. It's a collection. Oh, it's a collection. So, like, these are. This is not all what this. Damn, sorry, I keep hitting that. There's um. It's not all that one person that made these drinks, and I just hit this mic again. Uh, That's fine. Anyway, uh, it's like all these drinks from around just the U.S. Mm -hmm. and maybe other parts of the world that were entered in um, at the time, and then sometimes they throw in new drinks and everything like that. But. I would like to have my own collection like that of just things that I make for all these parties that have this portfolio of like hundreds of drinks or different variations of all these. Do you keep everything? Basic drinks. Oh yeah, yeah. So I have a little black book, um, at least from two years ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah, two That's years awesome. ago. Um, and just how I made them because the biggest thing is trying to remember how I made them mm-hmm. and like when I make certain syrups, like I, I have to do it like three or four times. Um, for instance, I made a. I made like this gimlet and it was a like spice pear gimlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took a couple of tries because- What does a, a gimlet mean? Uh, a gimlet is lime, uh, lime rump, sorry, my bad. Lime, gin, and uh, simple syrup. Okay. So it's just pretty much a variation on a sour. Okay. Um, and because with every drink, you're just going to need your sour, you're going to need your sweet, and then you're going to need your spirit. And then anything you want to add on top of that kind of just makes it a drink. Or you can have the base component, which is going to be your sour. Okay. Right? So uh, I made this gimlet, and I was just like, how can I make it a little bit more? Instead of doing simple syrup, I just added pear juice. And the first time I liked I like this pear juice. Let's extenuate the flavors because the pear was like cinnamon. Mm-hmm. So I added some more cinnamon. I added some cloves. added some star anise. And that took like maybe three or four tries. Um, you just measure and try to put a little bit more, try to put a little bit less, try to find the perfect amount where you don't take away from the spirit. Mm. Cause I want you to taste the spirit. We always want to use a decent spirit, you know, um, a decent to good spirit. And then, yeah. Mm. So to answer your question, yeah, I write everything down in a book and I just try to make it, uh, remember it so I could use it for the future or whenever I need to push, push out that book one of these days, 20 years from now. Could, that way you could remake each drink too, to be able yeah. to photograph it and. And then, yeah, photograph it or like, you know, like if I want to make it at home, a lot of these drinks I also try myself at home. Like I think about in the future, like uh, just so I could have it because sometimes I'm just craving that. Like, you know, like nine times out of 10, I'm craving something like either really spirit forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I'm always like looking back at my book and thinking, what can I do other than just a whiskey sour tonight, you know, to try to branch out and then I could try to add more flavors into it and sort of think of something new. Is there something that you want to stray towards more, like in general? That's would be a serious change, as far as with or, my business, or yeah, just with, or would it just continue to just be cocktails? Um, at one point, I thought I wanted to do a bar, just have a like um, a small. Have you guys ever been to Black Bottle? Mm-mm. Black Bottle is this place out in uh, Seattle, and it's on um, First Avenue in Belltown. It's a nice little tapas style um, bar um, with not too much sitting room, but the food is very amazing. And I thought that's what I would want. I'd want a nice little bar, um, not much bigger than like maybe 2,000 square feet Mm. and just have tapas meals um, and just sell out a lot of shareable plates and do good cocktails there and then change the cocktails in the menu 
seasonally. So I thought I wanted to do that at one point. I'm still playing around with the idea, but as of right now, pop-up bar. Yeah, you like yeah. that idea better? Yeah, I love the pop-up bar idea. I mean, I just love cocktails so much. Well, it's and, a different environment every time yeah. too, right? I bet that kind of... And then you, you go to that. different places. And so it's either bar if I want to stay, right? Mm-hmm. Pop-up bar, you know, for the traveling. And then my biggest thing is I love events. Like when we did the showcase, that was very amazing. So um, I want to keep doing that because I love music so much. I'm just not musically inclined. So I love music. I love hearing it, but I can't perform it at all, you know? So I, I want to keep doing events and everything like that and bring good cocktails to events. So... Well, name's getting out there. You know yeah. what I mean? It's progressing. It's been, remember you trying to struggle to try to get a gig. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, how the fuck do I even, what uh, What do I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And now it's progressing. We're like, oh, there's a show. Like, I didn't know you did a show after the one that we just saw you last. And um, the Black Tones played at. Oh, yeah. And then you did another one just recently, like you said. So it's yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. Progress. And I did one right before that, too. So it's just like... Are these people reaching out to you or are you just reaching out to other people in um, general? People are reaching out to me. It, it, it kind of works out both ways. Like um, I've been reaching out a lot more to distilleries mm-hmm. um, because that's, I mean, a lot of those people have events and I can learn more about their alcohol, which means helps me in turn mm-hmm. come up with better drinks. And I, I work with people that love alcohol. And so um, I haven't been reaching out to people as much. I mean, occasionally I'll see a name drop on Facebook. Somebody will drop my name and then I'll reach out and just see what this person is about, what they're trying to do and see if we can work together. But um not really itching for it, you know, like I'm not going to not going to bend over backwards for it, but like I I'm willing to provide my services if it is needed because I want to help out, but I don't want to overstep. Right. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's good enough that you know, you do live and we are in this community to where there's enough things to where people do want something like that. They don't just want beer, they want a cocktail. Yeah, and we're like, oh, well, we've seen Nigel plenty of times too, be in Everett at definitely, you know, plenty of events. So it's to be able to have a reference too, especially for all the content that we have of you, you know, like there is validation of like, yeah, they're good people, they dig them. And then you have your roots and everything too that seem to be helping a lot right now too in Seattle. Yeah, that that does help out being from Seattle. It's actually mm-hmm. a lot harder, I feel like, in Seattle though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, yeah. A, there's a virgin ground here in a way. Like, you know, there's, there's nobody else doing what you're doing. Not that I can think Everett. of. Yeah. yeah. No, not that I can think I'm of. I'm sure there is, but that we know of. I mean, realistically, even if there was five people, it's oh, yeah. not a lot. I mean, I can name know? like a couple of great bartenders that I know out here, but none that are doing their own like bar catering services or mm-hmm. working for good cocktail bars that are happen to be within a five mile radius. But um, yeah, no, it's so... I like that it's virgin out here. Working in Seattle is cool and all, but it's it helps, but it's just not ideal. Like yeah. being from there, but having my heart here is nice, you know? Like I learned how to be a bartender out here. I, I struggled as a bartender out here. Like this is this is better. Mm. This is this, this is comfortable. Is this is you. yeah, like I want to see this grow. Like there's I want to see better things out here. Like, and I want to see my business thrive out here instead of Seattle. I don't want to be recognized as a Seattle business ever, mm. like ever owned, you know, ever mm. raised business. Like, yeah, 425. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's great because exactly you, know, you can, exactly. with anything you do in general, right? Like you can pick and choose what your contracts or what your jobs are going to be. So you are based out of Everett. You can stay in Everett and you can continue to do jobs in Everett, but 
the great thing is, is as much as you progress or more well known and people want to use your service, you're still going to go do that. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what's great is like you can do what you're doing in Everett and still get known and end up having people on the outskirts asking to, you know, have you. Yeah. I just don't ever want to be recognized as a Seattle business. I mean, I'll be, I want to work out in Seattle, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but. I just feel like uh, Everett has this, at least last time I checked, it has this connotation of being like a bad area. Oh, yeah. And it just, there's nothing coming from it. But there's still so much here that it's, and there's so much love and creativity here um, that it should be recognized for that. Like, I figure my business is an art. So. Um, the perception's slowly yeah. changing, you know, but it's just, well, it's going to be, it's always going to be like a, not always, but it'll be a stigma for a very long time. But it's also the stigma is still there, but it's just changing. People are coming here. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? People yeah. are still coming to ex- experience just Everett, experiencing the art community or just staying at a fucking hotel and seeing a random thing happen on a Friday or Saturday night, you know, passing through. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot going on. We've been through a lot of like change as far as what the town has been for like the last year, but it's, it's not really about like, I mean, it is about our immediate community and like all of us are very passionate about being Everett. Yeah. But there's also this thing of like, it's more so the tribe. Like to me, it's becoming more so the tribe. It's like, I'm, I am, I'm this because there's a lot of people here that I really love and care about. So it's, I'm going to give my, I'm going to give a lot of time to the town. I'm going to put my creative efforts behind people here. I'm going to, you know, try to make music that represents who we are. It's like, so it's, I'm not trying to do anything other than like represent my town. But at the same time, there's people outside of here that I still feel the same way about all of you guys. And so it's, that's kind of like a superseding, um, just like creative tr- family that oh, it's, okay. like, it's a really fun. Th- and it's a fun thing to have watched everybody do like just the, the touch, the moments that, that we get to have and be like, oh yeah, okay, cool. You're still, you're still working. And you're still pushing, and it's that that uh, everybody's constantly pushing to make a better life for themselves with their creations. That's what makes it so much fun to like be from here because it's so it's small enough to where we all do get to watch each other do that. Yeah, we all get to be a part of it with each other. And do you ever feel like this uh, kind of glow? Like I don't know, anytime that I do an event with anybody that I've known or mm-hmm. that I know that this to kind of see them take their creativity to a whole nother level. Like, I don't know, like when I go and see you perform or like when I go to any scumbag event, like in general, like it makes me feel warm, even if I'm not like working because I'm seeing my friends, you know, like put their dreams into reality. Mm -hmm. Like, that's also really fun for me. And like, I mean, granted, go out to Seattle and see some friends do some shit too. And that's cool too. Like, you know, like for my Seattle friends, but like, I don't know, it's just, always feel really great anytime like I go out to an event it's just like I feel warm inside like yes this is this is amazing like we're moving mm-hmm. we're we're moving the culture um in the best way possible like you know like not that there was I mean, well I don't know if there was a whole bunch of naysayers or doubters but not that there I'm not saying that there is a whole bunch of people like writing out for us but like to go out and like when I go to your guys's events or just in general like I feel great like mm. it feels great to go see everybody do what they have to do um, and then love what they do at the same time. Like, I don't know. It feels great to be in a community of people like you that are like, yeah. that all feel that way. I feel like, you know, yeah. we're all, 
we all are just stoked that everybody is is doing what they've always dreamed of. My, you know, Caleb Ralston. Yeah. Like he, you know, he's like doing massive things with his life right now. Shout out to Caleb Ralston. Um, Damn. That human. But he, uh, you know. Inspiring. He blows me away by the fact that he's like super stoked that I'm playing music. You know, like he gets really excited over the fact that I'm playing and it's like very encouraging over that. And here he's just hopping all over the world right now, filming, like doing, being a private you know, uh, film editor for a social media influencer. And it's just like, yeah, he's making, he's doing his life very well. And he's like blown away by me doing just a very simple thing that I've always talked about doing. And that kind of like creative pushes where you're just like, Ooh, okay. Thank you, man. Like that yeah. feels really good. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, a feeling Yeah, when you, it's not that you have to look up to people, you don't have to have a role model, but to have people that you look at and you, you, all you have to say to yourself is like, how do they do that? Or people just you respect. You respect yeah. what yeah. they do, but and then they say good job to you. It just really because I thought I was doing a shit job, and then you just <laughs> told me you were like, wait, you know, you think they're way past you at what they're doing because they look so successful, right? But they're just another human, you know. And they're yeah. like, great job, you know. When people are doing when yeah when they actually when Caleb was like, yeah, scumbags, pretty cool, shit looks good. Or when like all the photographers were like, oh, that looks really good. And I, like I, love, Jordan, the, I love the photos of Caleb in New York with like big, big social media people like posting photos of him in his scumbag sweatshirt. And he just loves it. He'll like, he like, dude, check <laughs> it out, man. That's <laughs> just, no, that's really it's, cool. It's more so, it's that's a fun thing to have like, Friends you know, are in, the, awesome. in the vein of, Friends are cool. of knowing you guys for as long as I've known you, but then knowing him for, you know, three times as long as that and still having that connection. And it now it really has just become the creative thing. Like we don't, we're not interested in all the same things like we used to be. And we're not like the friendship isn't what it used to be when we were in high school and we were like best friends. It's like now it's more so a creative, like I need him to do something, some some of the things that I'm going to do in my life. And he needs me to do some of the things that he wants to do in his life. So it really feels just, uh, you need each other. And it's like, for that reason, you're going to be better. Like what you talk about with your kids, like wanting to be like the best thing possible. Oh yeah. So that you've got some hard competition, you know, it's like, I feel the same way with everybody around me, like with musicians and with bandmates and uh, with people that you create with. It's like, well, it's like I'm, I can only do what I can do right now, but I'm going to get better at it just so that I'm indispensable to you. Like we need to be able to work together because there's something. Yeah, there's something good here. Mm -hmm. And no, I understand about that. When moving know. towards what you want to do, right? Because you as a father, you know, you, you had an idea, right? But then you were becoming a father. And then you still continue with the goals that you had in your life. Your goal wasn't to have a child, then just work a five to nine, nine to or five. nine to five, excuse me, and then go home, take care of five to nine would be take a care long of the time. kids, put them to bed, watch Netflix, go to bed, and wake up and do it again. Right? You were no. like, and that's there's nothing wrong with that either. No, right? yeah, but but you and and everyone else around us, it's like we have our lives and we live and do that, but also that's not the goal. Right, like our goal is to like succeed at what we want exactly. to do. And that's kind of what life turns into, right? But everyone we associate with is kind of in that same boat and doing that. So it's kind of a weird feeling to be a part of because I look at everyone else and a lot of other people around us, not around us, just in general around the world where it's just like, yeah, just watch. Like, all right, excuse me, let me refrain. Let me, let me, let me go back. 
A lot of people I see that go into the weed store saying about what they do all day. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm not judging you. There's nothing wrong with doing that that life. But like, I could never see myself doing that. No. Just I, playing video games all day or just watching movies, worked all day. I'm going to smoke weed. I'm going to sit at home and do nothing. People tell me how they just do nothing all the time. I'm just like, how? It just doesn't make sense. I know. I, I definitely understand that. Like, it, it, I feel like, like right now I'm... Uh, working at a bank and I don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. I've never realized how much I actually like finance. I always thought I loved money. Like, you know, obviously not being broke, mm-hmm. but, uh, but learning about finance and everything has been very fun, uh, recently. And so, but I, I couldn't just do this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I can just do this without having my business or having something that I also love to do. Mm. Because yeah, I have people like you that come into the bank consistently, tell me what they have to do. They work the same, like working for somebody else, you know, like, and they just complain about it or they just, oh no, I'm just not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna go home, watch Netflix, catch up on Orange is the New Black. Like, mm. why? Like, why not have, be creative? Why not? I mean. Not everyone has it. Not everyone yeah. has the drive. You know, me personally, like I've created, created it for myself you know kind of like not forced upon but it just happens but then not everyone is a creative person not everyone has the idea and when i say creative that means entrepreneurship yeah that means anything with just a fucking idea that you want to go for it and try it that's you being creative i think honestly that would scare me if like one day i woke up and i just didn't have the drive anymore you know um but I mean, I, like you said, I guess it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody wants to hold on, Trevor. Uh, do something like that. But like, uh, still, I think I would be necessarily scared because mm-hmm. I get so much enjoyment out of like learning something new or trying something new or being here or watching somebody else do this. Like, I follow a lot of people that I feel like are just. Um, I, I don't know how to really explain what they're just at a higher level than what I'm doing my stuff at. Mm-hmm. And that excites me. Like when I'm like going through my ideas books or when I'm going through Instagram or anything like that. And I see these people like cocktail Academy, which is somebody that I follow. Um, they put out such crazy drinks that like I saw one with a chamomile reduction and I'm just like, what is that? I don't know. I was just, I found it today. I was just like, what the fuck is that? And it excites me, you know, because I'm like, if they could do this, I could do this. And, um, you know, like, and and all it is, is I realize camel rejection, I guess, is more just like you take the tea and you reduce it to more of a syrup. That's just a fancy way to say you just made tea into a syrup. But it's still exciting, you know, like, and I just don't think I could ever be the type of person that could just be like, oh, I'm just going to go watch Netflix now. Yeah. Like, dude, it takes me like five days to finish a movie on Netflix. Really? Yeah, I watch like twenty minutes a night. Me and Mall are actually pretty good right now at finishing seasons. I de- dedicate uh-huh. a time like Can't at night it. to do it, but it's also like well, you know nice she drives because you guys both work. Yeah, you know all the time, so it's like so there's nothing we'll wrong with Netflix. We're not saying that Netflix. Hey, yeah, I like no. you. Netflix is cool. Every time I get Netflix on my fucking Netflix, us. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about watching that movie, and then I obviously saw that Aaron beat me to it. Like, it'll be, like, some new documentary or something something new that, of course, Aaron would watch. And I thought about it. And I'm like, oh, fucking Aaron beat me to it. <laughs> Halfway through. Didn't finish it. Yeah, I never finish them. I always fall asleep. Yeah. 
I think that's what's meant to happen. You're supposed to fall asleep halfway through documentaries <laughs> and then just finish at some later time or just yeah. never do. Most yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I never finish them. I, uh, it's a terrible tendency right now. I can't do anything more than a 20-minute TV show. And so oh, yeah. Can't... I can finish an episode of a TV show somewhat. Right. Or like if but it's an hour-long TV short. show, I fall asleep like yeah. by like 35 minutes. I'm just like the time I'm watching something on my computer, I'm like, well, maybe it's just time to go to fucking bed. That's all. That's and like, then yeah. I go to bed instead. Yeah. Or stay up too fucking late and watch the goddamn movie. And I'm like, goddamn, I should have went to fucking bed. Story of my life. No. Anyway, just not moving to talk about me. <laughs> we might as well cut this a little bit. We're going to have our musical interruption tonight. We've had these two people on many of times. You know, I think we're friends. I think we like to call each other friends. I say I love you to you guys. So love you guys. Pretty great. But we got Trevor and Tessa tonight. <laughs> Tessa's played like episode three or two. And then Trevor played episode Eight or seven? Which one? And which then, episode was Maxwell? Oh, I'm gonna find out right now. I'm yeah, pull you were my just listening to it. Yeah. Said, but I think I think it's number seven or eight. Yeah. And then Trevor and Tess play together on Last Call Showcase episode six. Episode, episode six. six. Yeah. Damn, Maxwell Boom. was that long. Got my yeah, original episode one down. six. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Wow. these are two very special humans to uh, Aaron and I, and uh, we're gonna get to hear them play together. Yeah. And, you're gonna get all goosebumpy and all fucking warm inside, and butterflies flying around. And be like, I love Trevor and Tess's music. I might cry on the microphone. I might cry. <laughs> all right, no, let me get off the mic. I sound like an idiot. You really do. Uh, maybe I don't want to be here. <laughs> In that case. All right, yeah. This first one's called "I Used to Want Somebody."
Took all my money. This one's called You Took All My Money. Ready? <laughs> 
Took all my money. That was called Took All My Money. Guys. Nothing wrong with the doink here. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the doink here. There, you know. Doinks doesn't sound good, but that's okay. That's good. That's a new one. Practicing out. It sounds nice, too. I like the uh, descending progression. Oh, thank God. I'll take some, then. You're driving. I'll take some. But yes, <laughs> you can have one. <laughs> a good point, but. Bourbon and OJ. That's what I like. Cool. Okay. Uh, well, this uh, this one's called. Uh, uh, I believed it was mine. So this one's. I believed it was mine. All night the boys out the bourbon. <laughs> this is very fitting, just so you know. Sitting in the basement drinking 
Thank you. That's that. Except, except for the doink ups. I feel proud. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Thank uh, you. <laughs> thanks for having us on here. And let's jam a little bit, too. Oh, hi there. Yeah, do, oh, no, do your, uh, what's your Canadian mom? Jean Kemp. Yeah, do, 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 do Kemp. Oh, hi there. Coming from the one. <laughs> I come from Alberta, Canada. Um, I'm here calling <laughs> some regards for my son, Aaron. He's got a cleft lip, and he's been embarrassed in class far too many times. Um, excuse right. me, we have a we have a collect caller. Uh, what is your name? Uh, Jane Camp. What are you calling about? I'm calling in regards to my son. Did you not just hear me? He's been bullied in class, and I want to know what you what you're doing about it. What are you doing about it? I'm calling with some regards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a good actor. I just want to hear you speak. I'm, I'm calling with some regards. <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up. I think I need those. Are you guys done? Just are you finished or are you done? No, my <laughs> done, just finished. What up. is the difference? <laughs> it's like I've done my part and I'm done <laughs> talking. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome well, back. back to it. Oh, well. Hi, Aaron. Hello, Taylor. High five me. All right. Well, I made a myself. nice sentimental post about Aaron today. <laughs> you did. Thank you. That's nice. Yeah. I liked it. I was feeling myself. So I was like, I'm feeling Aaron then. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. I, I saw a post that a said weird, waiting. That's a weird sentiment. And then I saw another post that said waiting. Well, I decided to do something new with my Instagram. Because me and Brett were talking about how, like, I'm not a photographer. And I don't take photos in any sense. I take a lot of photos, but I'm not, like, I don't take good photos, I guess, in my mind. On a real camera anyways. Like, I yeah. bought a camera a long time ago when I got out of high school and I... Try to take a lot of photos and like do the photographer thing just because I was surrounded by that with my association at the time. But then I just was like, ah, I just, I guess, I don't know, like taking photos with a camera, a real camera is just not my thing. But now, like, I want to get my, ha my hands on it more because I like taking photos. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to try something new because I've been taking, I take photos. I was, that's what Brent was like, dude, you got to like post the photos you take because I, I take photos of things all the time and I edit. Excuse me. I edit them and I, I really like here. the photos I take, but I never post them anywhere. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just redo my Instagram and it's going to be all like black background border shit. And then I'm just going to post the photo in a very small, minimal way in the platform of Instagram. Anyway. Um, yeah. Taking photos is fun. I was trying to take photos of Tessa and Trevor and they turned out fucking terrible. But they're luckily a and Tessa and Trevor in the photo. So it's... It kind of makes it okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get what you're saying. Fuck you, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I seriously, like, I don't we, take good photos either. So, I mean, I, I'm not one to judge. I have, oh, you like, posted a photo of yourself today. Yeah, I did. But that was, I, think we've, I didn't take I that think photo. we've gotten some of the best photos of you of your life. Yeah, I think you have. I, yeah. And I think I only you, use those a repeat for Instagram. Dude, Western culture is still posting like random photos. Oh my photos gosh. Of you. Oh yeah, my Molly goodness, tagged me. they still are. Yeah, Dogstar tagged me in a photo not too long ago. 
And they post right. photos of people here, uh, Jill yeah. and Aaron. They did a photo shoot with for Caleb. Nice. And so like Dog Star, I always see photos of Aaron, Jill, and you every once in a while. Mm. Yeah. Occasionally, um, uh, well, I saw one on Leafly and I was feeling really thirsty. So I was like, hey, can you guys tag me in that? I, I, I like remember that. that. Yeah. You were telling me that like, you didn't tag me. And I was like, well, maybe they should tag. Tell them to tag Revolution by the Barrel too. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll start doing is having tag Revolution by the Barrel. Yeah, liquor and weed. That was really good. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Not. When you have to take your alcohol <laughs> test uh, now, because I just had to redo mine because it's been five years, mm-hmm. um, you have to know about weed as well. Mm-hmm. So, oh, really? Yeah, on the test, yeah, because it's liquor, liquor, it's liquor question. I mean, it's just about the it, honestly, it's not like really your question, it's just more informational about like people that smoke weed, what kind of signs you should look out for. Obviously, mixing that with liquor, like what the possible causes, uh, what might happen, and nothing too crazy. It's kind of the same thing with Red Bull, where you just mix like an upper and a downer. I'm getting and, my next month, I'm getting my medical consultant card so i can uh, legally make medical cards for human beings who want to grow their own weed in their homes or wherever i did not know that card existed yeah (laughs) i thought that was something the doctor gave to you back in before i mean the doctor gives you the specific the specific specific Specifications? I uh, specifications? Specific specifications to go get your medical card. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't say that word. Yeah, Whoops. I think I choose the wrong word anyway. I think specification, specific specifications is not a specific good specifications is, is not, not a good, a good like, duo of words. No, our diction is horrible right now. I need, yeah. I need a specific specification. I mean, my grammar is horrible regardless. <laughs> it doesn't matter what scenario or situation. It's all pretty terrible. I love that most of the, the podcasts are taken up with you talking because it is kind of a just like a chaotic whirlwind of vocabulary coming out. And then it's it's fun to listen to, though. It's chaotic. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I hope all of you are laughing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been quite the experience. What kind of whiskey are you drinking right now? Bourbon. Okay. What kind of bourbon is it? Uh, Bullet bourbon. Um, shout out to Bullet. Uh, maybe I can get a sponsor someday in the future. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice Kentucky bourbon. Hmm. Hints of vanilla, and you'll taste a little bit of oak. Um, it's it's pretty fucking good. I never drink whiskey. I think they also use orange zest in their uh, distilling process. I'm not 100% on that, but I just feel like I taste a little bit of orange. I don't know. Okay. Like the orange rind, like, you know, like where it's just like the pit of the orange is just like it's not... It has just hints, hints of it, but I sip on my whiskey neat. I have to, or I'll do like an ice ball. Um, if I'm gonna drink at home, sometimes mm-hmm. like it's just it's easier for me because I one I'm just like, why not? And two, just because I can try to guess all these different flavors, so then I can figure out another drinks in the future. I can get a little bit of orange out of that. Yeah, it's like it feels like a very like a it's like a nice holiday whiskey. Is I can there see that. a is there yeah. a specific alcohol that's easier mm. to work with, like drink wise? I think the easiest alcohol to work with is your favorite alcohol at any time. What so, do you mean? so for me, the easiest alcohol for me to work with is going to be whiskey because I love whiskey. Mm-hmm. And so it really depends on the person who's making the drink. I yeah. Mean, you know what I mean by like, 
when I say like easier drink, is there something easier that mixes well with something specifically like gin to have whiskey to vodka? I mean, tequila, et cetera. That, yeah, that's why I say what I say because it's just, I, I can't speak on. I, we all hear you pouring water into your whiskey right now, which is horrible. There's no more whiskey in there. Oh, okay. Um, no, but uh, no, it's it's just take your time with that. It's I don't know because I want to say vodka is very easy, mm-hmm. but it isn't at the same time. Vodka is easy if you work at um, a dive bar that focuses on gives giving you well, yeah just crap. You know what I'm saying? Like um, gives you like you know just vodka orange, vodka soda, like right. vodka sprite, like. Then the vodka is easy because you can virtually mix it with fucking anything. Um, make my drink fruity, and you just throw random fruit juices in it. Top it off a little bit of soda water. It's an amazing cocktail for anybody that doesn't. But like that's alcohol. because it mixes well with the vodka as an alcohol itself, flavor yeah, wise. Yeah, but so I, if you added that a specific flavoring with whiskey, would it not taste as good? I mean, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do a shambord of like bullshit like into whiskey, and it would because I don't think that would pair out well. Mm-hmm. But I think. Whiskey is the easiest thing to make, like great cocktails with, because I drink it so much. Mm-hmm. I sound like alcoholic. I just drink it often <laughs> enough to know that I love the like different flavor profiles of what will pair well with it. Mm-hmm. That we can make great drinks from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my second best would be gin, because you have so many. You have your London Dry, and then you have more of your botanical gins, and that is just like a lot of fun. You know, just to play around with both of them. So, well, gin has such like a, a cool, like kind of piney, like oh, musky yeah. flavor to it. It's like it's really strong, and so like when you when you pair that with like flavors that are also really strong, sometimes you get this really cool. Like I had a drink at um, what is it? Uh, Blue water. Blue water. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And they did a gin with like pine. It was like I don't think it was smoked, but it was like a pine uh, like branch basically in yeah. the drink that was like crushed up and muddled, and then they had a little garnish. And then there was uh, a little bit of um, like lemon, lemon zest, and then a mint leaf with the with a gin, and it was just a wild combination. It was strong as hell, but like the it was a very like it felt like a really northwestern drink. It, like, oh yeah, yeah, I could I could definitely see that. And the one thing about muddling, muddling definitely brings out a lot of different um, flavor profiles. Like what muddling, is muddling? Muddling is uh, when you take a garnish, um, whether that's a fruit or a herb. And you take, it depends on what your muddler looks like, but usually it has like a flat bottom, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's rubber or wooden. And you press that with an express oils or liquid. So if you're muddling mint, you're expressing those mint oils at the bottom um, with usually your simple syrups or a little bit of water. Depends on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, yeah, muddling is kind of just a way, I guess, to answer the question to express oils or express the fragrance of said drink mm-hmm. so but it's all in all to say it's a great process to bring out a whole bunch of different flavors mm-hmm. um when you want to it, it's very fun way plus you know you can get out a little bit of anger you know drunk girl at the bar is pissing you off you start muddling some drinks you're a little <laughs> bit calmer afterwards you know what i'm saying do you have a favorite like drink making experience not like a favorite drink but like just a favorite time when you were making drinks like just as like the purveyor of the party um, I, I think my favorite drink making uh, process was when I was actually first working at the Anchor. It was on my first night there, mm. and I cut my finger. 
because I was cutting up lemons or limes or something, but um, I, I sliced into my finger and I had to go run and get a Band-Aid. But on the walk there, I had this realization that maybe I'm not cut out for this. And then I went to go put on the Band-Aid. And after I put on the Band-Aid, I was just like, what the fuck? This is, it, it's obviously going to heal. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking this way too much. Um, and so then I went back down there and it was like on our first night there. And I had the best time of my life because mm-hmm. uh, we had probably like about 100, 100 some odd people in there, which in that venue, 100 people, like you're coming in there strong still consistently. Yeah. It's very busy. And I had the most I had the most fun because I was throwing bottles across the room. Like I was catching them. It, I felt like, which I only seen recently, but I felt like that movie Cocktail with Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, and, and we're just like, I'm making fucking white Russians and drinks I never heard of because at the time I think I was 22. Mm-hmm. So people were throwing weird names at me like Sling Dick. And I was just like, yeah, sure. I mean, I can make that. Uh, where do I put my dick? And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, it was, that was the best time because I had this realization. I had this idea that I thought I couldn't do something. And then when I put the Band-Aid on, I was like, things heal. And mm-hmm. then I go out and I had the best time. So that was by far the best time I made drinks. And I was making the worst drinks I think I could possibly imagine. It was just <laughs> drinks I wouldn't drink now. But you were learning the entire process. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. Lear- I was learning so much. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was learning a lot. Um, honestly, at the Anchor, I learned a lot about bar industry standards. Because mm. um, I knew somewhat because I worked at another bar previously and I did a lot of bartending for frats. But... I never, yeah, I know. That's what I wrote on my resume too. (laughs) Uh, But I never knew anything about like making the right, correct drinks. Like I knew how to make 10 drinks prior to that job. Mm -hmm. And that's because I went on YouTube. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, So you have like the majority of like the common drinks that people order, right? Yeah. Then you have like the main drinks that people order like right when they turn 21, right? Like the screwdriver. Or yeah, you have like the Long Island or the yeah. fucking whiskey drinks or seven and seven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But do you think it does it depend on like the location and the bar? I mean, are there a lot of drinks that are like misconceptions of like what they should be? Like people make them wrong or Yeah, like is there a lot of bars and there's a lot of drinks in general that people are making wrong? I wouldn't say wrong because everybody has to fit a certain flavor profile, like for for their tongue and for what they find palatable. But um, I don't think everybody makes drinks wrong. So there's a pretty common like this is how the drink is made, and that's how. You Actually, make no. It. You know what? Every every bar except for at least in Everett, um, there's two bars that make my drink correctly, and it's called a whiskey sour. It's a very common drink. So what is a whiskey? A sour? whiskey sour is lemon juice, simple syrup, whiskey, and egg white. You fucking forget the egg white. You're kind of an asshole to me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I never asked if I could cuss, but I've been like pretty much anytime. Pretty much, yeah, any, so, oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. Pretty much anytime uh, a sour is introduced in my mind, it has an egg white in it. Well, not all sours, um, but the, I, I prefer the whiskey sour with egg white just because there's this little bit of froth that probably sits yes. about like half an inch high. But you know what pisco and, sour? Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and that's where I became familiar with the egg white in, a, yeah. in an alcoholic beverage in the first place. And yeah. so anyway, like when pe- that's the drink that I see commonly messed up because people will just take sour mix. Like you go to, I'm not going to name drop bars, but 
Mm-hmm. Um, Name drop bars. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know what that means. Right? I mean, I'm just not gonna just throw out random yeah. bars and ever on blast like that because I, I might go into their You're establishment not rap here and there. About that establishment. <laughs> yes. Is that what you meant? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. I'm not gonna throw a beat on the track and then just start right. rapping about them. Um, <laughs> Yo, we could do that. <laughs> I saw you. I don't like you. Making you my drink wrong, wrong. dog. <laughs> Shaking with ice for 20 seconds when I asked drink. him. Yeah, I can't rap. Uh, um, yeah, but I'm not a rapper though. <laughs> no, you're not. Stop. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, there's yeah, there's several bars that like it's tough because that's the main drink I would say people make wrong. Hmm. And it bugs me that people would make it with like that concentrate crap because it just takes away. It just tastes like it makes whiskey, it just makes your stomach feel sour. At least my stomach feels sour. So, like, anytime I see somebody, like, trying to make that, I'll stop them and just be like, just make my whiskey neat. Because mm-hmm. at this time, like, now I can't fuck with you. Like, there's, like, you know, you as a bartender either are doing that because your manager told you or because you didn't take the time to learn. Um, and, I mean, and granted, you can't always crack out an egg, but you can at least get some fresh lemon juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, how hard is that to get lemon juice and simple syrup? Just be like, I don't got egg white. And I, I would be even happier with that. But you fuck with me with the concentrate? I will not tip you. <laughs> I will not. I will sip it and be like, I'm cool. It's and fun. It's it's funny, fun, and weird to hear you talk about all this shit that I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Because I remember when you were starting this and you were beginning in this process of, you know, being a cocktail man and fucking the creation of what a cocktail should be for Revolution by the Barrel. But as an idea and as a progression of becoming a company and then becoming a service for people, what is what's success to you right now? Like, what is your do you have a goal? That's what I want to start asking people on this podcast, whoever we have that's a creative or someone who just has an agenda, what they're doing. But like, what creatively do you think is going to be success for Revolution by the Barrel? Success for Revolution by the Barrel is is fairly simple. It is to bring great craft cocktails to events. Um, and it, and that's more than just weddings, to having just the bride and groom drinks. But like for your concert series, mm-hmm. for for any big major events, I want to get away, get away from the Jack and Cokes. If I had it my way, people will be having bees knees. People will be having Manhattans and they won't be outrageously priced because it doesn't cost that much to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Revolution by the Barrel's whole ideology is is, is, is to bring craft cocktails uh, for an affordable market to great events where you just normally drink shit. Like there's no reason to drink like that. Like. Have house-infused liqueurs and simple syrups and, and also enjoy that while you're seeing your favorite bands or groups or for whatever. Like, you know, because, yeah, that's the ultimate goal is just to do, bring that to the mm-hmm. table. Um, so you want to be... You want to be the one that's out of the norm to where like, oh, either we could go get a keg. Like we all know plenty of breweries and we know plenty of hookups to get beer and fucking kegs. But you want to be that, well, we can have the keg too if you want to pay for it. Or we can have beer, bring your own bottle, whatever. But we want cocktails. Yeah. We want something a little bit more classy. 
And then, I mean, whatever the fuck. But you I don't mean want by it to classy, be classy. But I mean, you want good quality drink. Exactly, and, and that's I, what you want to give. Yeah, people. and I want that to be the culture moving forward. I want to under what people to understand is that it isn't bougie to have something nice for yourself. You know, like yeah. I mean, I'm all for drinking your drink straight. But at the same time, I feel like you should also enjoy a craft cocktail. If you are a creative in any type of measure, then you deserve to have your drinks also create, created for you by an artist such as a mixologist, you know, because yeah. they take their art seriously, which at least I figure this is my art, um, that people should enjoy it that way too. Like it's a like a full spectrum of art going all the way around. Well, that's how we were talking about like coffee earlier before we started the podcast out different ways you represent your coffee and how you serve it and where you even got it makes a huge difference, yeah. right? Well versus top shelf is a huge difference, but creating something beverage-wise, a little bit more top shelf, maybe like how you talked about, I enjoy how we I use natural ingredients. Like it makes all the difference, right? On just the taste, just the quality of the drink. Yeah. And so it, it does mean a lot versus you drinking that well versus you drinking that good cocktail and then going to, well, we'll just shamelessly plug Garden Series, Trevor and Tessa, Marcus and Joe, Nero Taro's fucking awesome platform. They had you out the first time and it was awesome. Because the fact that people could either- Thank you for that. I appreciate it. They can either get a beer or they can be like, I want a good fucking whiskey. With like an orange rind in it. Like they don't even know what the fuck they're getting, but they know uh, it's going to be good. Night, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's just cool to see and have you. I mean, like we've obviously asked you to work with us before many of times, so it's it's cool. It's really cool to see something different and out of yeah. the norm. When you're talking about the like the artistry of it, I was when you're talking about the way you think about making a drink. I keep thinking of. And like the practice and the time you've put in doing different jobs and having the moment like at the anchor where you're talking about having that pivotal moment where like I can do this because yeah. it's not really that big of a deal when crazy shit happens, cutting your finger open while cutting. You know, it's like it's almost it's the exact same thing as being a musician. You have to put in the time, practice, and get good at what you do. And that's where it's a fun like resonant theme between artistry. It's like everybody has to put in the time. You got to put in the work and you got to put in the effort. And like we were talking about earlier, being like able to watch each other and get to the point now where we can go, okay, we're starting to realize that. Like we're starting to realize how much time and effort it work it takes and um realize that in each other. Like oh, you know, there's a lot of fuck yeah moments right now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think we said it earlier. I don't know if it was on the podcast, but it was about putting the weed in the bag. Like Yeah, it was. The mantra, putting the weed in the yeah. bag. Like, you know, like you start off with something and then you just move on forward. Like, you know, like put the weed in the bag now just to late I'm not also, let me say this by saying I'm not <laughs> encouraging drug sales uh, <laughs> um, unless it's legal. Uh, but like, you know, Smoke like- Smoke your drugs, it's illegal. Yeah. And, but you know, like you just, you just focus on one task and you keep, mo- you keep, evol- you will keep evolving. You'll keep mm-hmm. moving forward. You put the weed in the bag now, you'll sell the weed next week. You sell the weed this week, now you're selling yay the next week. You know, like you keep moving up and you move up until obviously the feds get you. But, <laughs> or maybe they don't. But you know what I'm saying? Like is you, you just put the weed in the bag first. Like that's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how it starts. Yeah, you got to like, take the time to make that first cocktail. You got to take the time to pick up a guitar and learn the first chord. You got to take the time to sit down on the drums. You got to take the time to learn well, like how to I cook said, that dish. Like know? I said earlier, like, like it's, you e- said. it's easy to create. It's hard to be consistent. 
And that's the hardest part. Because you have to deal with your life. You have to deal with the situations, the tribulations. It's hard. You know, so do to do the creative endeavors that you're doing, it's hard to be consistent with it. Yeah. But it's possible. And like your that's great about having you on the podcast and I is just it was fun for Aaron and I to be like, fuck yeah, we're gonna have Nigel on. Especially solo. Death me and whiskey. Me and Aaron yeah. really like to have solo weird. guests on just because it is fun. Because usually the solo guests are someone that we kinda know a little bit more to an extent. And it's it's great to little get a, bit, a little bit more and tonight we just one we know one, you, you know? Yeah. it's easy <laughs> so it, it was really cool to have yeah. you tonight in general just because the as much as we talk about community and growth and just fucking creativity on this podcast if any one individual met that criteria to myself i'm not speaking for aaron but for me you blow my mind man Thank you, man. You know, really I'll suck your dick yeah. all day. You inspire me. <laughs> yeah. no, you know, I was, I, like, you I've known for you for a long time. We don't need to get in the podcast because I don't, these motherfuckers don't need to know what I know about you. <laughs> but I know you from a long time now. And I know who you are and I know how you progressed and like what responsibilities that were put in front of you that you continue to progress and be the best person that you could be for that situation. You have been that. Thank you, man. You know what I mean? Like you, I cry right now. You, <laughs> you are one of my best it's friends true. that I literally uh, inspired the fuck out of me. You do so well. I was like, wow, Revolution by the Barrel is gonna, never going to happen. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was like, oh, kids, baby, baby. Oh, you know, everyone talks about baby being such a blessing and such a fucking congratulational shit. It's not. It's a lot of hard work. <laughs> That's a lot of That's hard cool. fucking work. And, I, you know, like, it, like I said earlier, like, people take it as a burden or a spark in their life. And you took it as a spark and, like, moved. And not only are raising amazing little girls that I've got to see grow up, but also progressing as your own business and your own person. You know what I mean? Like, And that's what's cool to see because, like I said, not everyone can do that. Everyone either fails or they have a spark to it. Yeah. And you let your spark progress you. So mm. it's really cool to say I teared up a little bit. No big deal. But probably uh, should get around to ending episode 21 with my man, Nigel, Lindsay. I like how you don't leave me any room to say anything there. Just, oh, yeah, Aaron. Yeah. What do you guys say? Well, no, it's okay. No, no, no. no, no, no Aaron, talk, talk, talk. Well, no, I just, I, uh, it's, I've always just I've always just really appreciated the fact that like, you know, the you got a big stamp of approval from Caleb Rawson in my book. Like he he was like, dude, if there's anybody that you can like just have in your life in Everett, make sure that guy's always around. And I've always just appreciated your impact upon me, but mainly like the people around me. You know, you have a big you have a big sway and it's fun to be a part of what you do and to like that show that you did down in Seattle. And we all came late, uh, but like which, had, we, which we had a good excuse. We yeah, were doing yeah, yeah, podcast. doing podcasts. But, but, yeah, like, yeah, and, but and I also was not able to get off work until late there. But um, but the getting the gear down there and making sure that it was there, and then having Adam show up and do it, and then you know coming in and being able to help at the last minute and load everything out. It was just kind of this weird like we can be really flexible with each other and just have this 
like, well, we can't make it work the way we originally wanted to, but it's still going to work. And yeah. and f- when I walked in and when I came in the back and I just had this little weird, you know, tunnel vision of the Black Tones playing and you would come into my, my view occasionally and I could see people through the fence. And but I'm just sitting back there just watching this and going, holy shit, this is like these mic stands were there at the show. This board ran that show. It's like, you know, the just to have the moment where it's like, I get to be an active part of this. And I get and I get to be an active part of it because my friends and these people that I've known for so long are are doing it and they're making themselves an active part of our life story. And it's just it's cool. It's really fun, man. It's just really fun to be. Well, I'm gonna able call to do you out hmm. just because we're at 15. It ain't that late, but you know. <laughs> And, you know, I always talk about on this podcast as, quote, unquote, as someone who's not a musician, mm. knowing you and seeing the progression that you've done and knowing Adam Bagley very well now, people, not I'm not talking about Everett, I'm talking about everywhere, fucking in general, whatever fucking show you go to, there was a dude and there was a sound system. And that dude either ran that sound system really shitty or really good. But there's a dude who makes sure that music fucking happens for you. You as the observer who have no thought, no conception, no perception, no perspective, no fuck about how this music you're listening to is being produced Yeah, into your ears. And so to be able to be in a household with Aaron and fucking be really good friends with Adam... And watching all these bands over the years and ever and seeing the sound guy. The sound guy is the one who makes this concert happen for you. Like, yeah, the music, the hours and hours and hours that took it to create that music. Oh, no, yeah, but definitely. And be created. But for you as the observer to be able to listen to it, you... You guys work out the quality. You guys do everything. Yeah, so that's why, to me, like, Aaron and Adam are such a fucking... High commodity and such a fucking blessing, whatever the fuck. I mean, blessing is, I mean, fuck blessing. I didn't mean to say that. It's a blessing fucking, to be able to know how to shit. do it, man. The grateful, a, grateful. Fuck oh, yeah, blessing. grateful. Thank, blessing. Yeah, grateful. And I, and I was going to say, like, I wanted people. to say thank you because, I mean, even though you couldn't do sound, well, like, we were able to conversate and mm-hmm. just talk. And the fact that you sent me, like, a four-page message, which honestly irks, my, irks me to the core of my bones anytime I see a long message I, I'm just like fuck like, fuck yeah, I was a, like I gotta read all that babe, that's a lot of reading yeah. like I ain't got time for this shit um, but no I wasn't upset about uh, like what our conversation or anything like that but I was just really thankful that you were able to like talk to me and then I mean I'm just thankful for the people that I know because I've known all you guys for about it's. I think it's safe Dude, to say four years literally four, yeah. four and a half years yeah because I mean even like Adam and Alex, I think I, I I first met Alex actually when I first really started getting into alcohol. I was we were both bottling for uh, Blue Water yeah. Distillery, yeah. And um, I mean, I think we only did that for like a weekend, maybe two <laughs> or something. At least I did. But uh, even like Adam, he was like uh, Adam and Alex. Then we happened to progress all the way to the anchor when they were doing sound and doing art installations and talking there when you're doing your music and you're coming to open mic mm-hmm. nights, you know, like when Taylor was coming and chilling and getting drunk, like, and we're just having these God. conversations. Like it was, it was amazing. Like we've, it's, it's crazy to, you know, to see all this transpire. Like I'm just really thankful that we're all still in each other's lives because we're able to make moves and see each other grow. Like you guys talk about how I've grown. I've seen you guys grow so much more. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I might have kids, but like, you know, like 
that's one growth it is. But like, I mean, all that is is like sperm and an egg. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, granted, my kids are a lot more than sperm and an egg. If you guys ever listen to this, Bella and Zoe, I love you so much. Um, but I love you so much. But it's it's just it's my little god. You guys don't have. You guys don't have. I mean, you guys have responsibilities, but. There isn't a life that you have to take care of, but you guys are still taking care of your guys' own. Like, I'm taking care of my own, which is amazing to see because, like, when I walk into a room or if I go on any type of social media, like, I'm happy to see you guys are still working harder, if not harder than me. And it, like, makes me inspired. Like, you know, people you respect, like we were talking about earlier, when you see them shout you out or when you see them working hard, it only inspires you more. Like, you guys are my inspiration. Anytime I see an event going, anytime I see the fact that you guys are doing a show, anytime I see... Alex coming out with some new installation of art. Like I'm trying to, I'm ready to slide in his DMs and be like, "Fuck, man! Like, what's up? Let me, let me, let me rock some. Let me rock some. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I'm really thankful for the fact one, just to be the opportunity to be on this podcast, and then just two, just to be in your guys' lives because we all benefit off of each other. And um, also Caleb Rouseon because dude is mad chill. Like, you know, like, (laughs) and he's helped me out so much even in the Wii game. Like, as I never thought, like. When I could do that, I mean, I don't. No, I remember that was like what, that was crazy too. That's so cool is that like before revolution, there's photos was, still going. It was yeah. it, it was the idea of maybe modeling, you know, like yeah. you were the first scumbag model. I was you looking at the I, mean? I was looking at the fridge and earlier. The best and I saw part that. was that your fucking hair at the time didn't fit any of the dad caps. Oh yeah, and so like, you had to like so push we, it down and no, pull it. no, no. So it was like, no, nah, just wear the fucking beanie, you son of a bitch. Just wear the beanie. That'll fit your noggin. You know, the like, it worked out. But yeah. but you could still kind of see my hair in the beanie. I just yeah, remember that you part. Sure did. I felt like Bart Simpson. Like you know how his hair is up. Even though I didn't have a flat top, I was like, yeah. oh, I could see the shadow of where my hair is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I remember that. Oh. I literally remember that photo shoot so well. I remember Marcus standing like in the middle of like the garage area. And I was like, if this dude falls right now, he will die. Like, and but I mean, I knew like obviously he had his ground and we're like jumping on like random pylons in the top of Wells Fargo, which I now work for, which is weird. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was good times. No, I mean, dude, like just, time. you know, like we said earlier, I keep saying that. But I mean, I guess that's the easy way thing to say. But like nostalgically, like it is, it's nostalgic to me. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> did, I, did I say it wrong? Yeah. Huh? Say it. Nostalgic. You said nostalgically. Yeah. I think but the word said, is just nostalgic. Like yeah, this is nostalgic. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. But, but you said, no, but you said it like nostalgic. Never mind. But the best you part is <laughs> stop being a bitch. Just sure. Call me out when I say something wrong so that I can say it fucking correctly. You cunt fuck. Now shut up, Aaron. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. This motherfucker, I hate that I live with him. I live with Aaron for like I like how you said it sounded like now. you said that you live with him and love with him at the same time. I hate that I, I love I with him. I live love with this stupid fuck. <laughs> for sure. Most definitely. Oh, man. Jesus fuck. <laughs> I don't even need to say anything. It's all okay. right. It's okay. I love Can him. I close it out? Yeah. You know, close right. it out, baby. All right. Well, uh, close late nights out. Thank you for listening to Late Nights. This is Nigel Lindsay, owner and curator of Revolution by the Barrel, with oh. hosted by Taylor and Aaron. And I was going to say Aaron's last name, but I realized that would make it that it's your last name. So this is a horrible closeout. Uh, do you want to redo? Thank you for listening to episode 21. Let's redo it. All right. Redo, redo, redo. Nigel dropped in the beats. Rewind.
Next. I, now I really don't want to rewind it because that horrible rewind. I, I felt like that was like I a can, 2007 I'm not a rapper, rap though. I can I'm cut not a rapper, out. though. I can cut that out. <laughs> don't cut it out. Keep it in. <laughs> Thank you guys. Listen to episode 21 on Late Night's podcast with Aaron Hale and Taylor Best. Mm. I am your guest, Nigel Lindsay, curator and bar owner of Revolution by the Barrel. Woo! Thank you for your time. Peace and blessings. Thank you. Good night. Love you all. This is Late Night's Podcast with Taylor Best and Aaron Hale.